thank you for joining us on this week's edition of the Comics Pals Reviews. This week's review crew consists of Pete. Yo. Marco. Hello. Tyler. I'm stuck in a jungle. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and of course, I'm Sean. We're here to talk about four of Marvel and DC's biggest books of the week. We've actually got two beginnings, an ending, and a book that's not quite sure where it's going. Uh, we're talking <laughs> about Batman 89. Super excited to talk about that. Uh, Infinite Frontier, number four. Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow, number five. That's the finale issue of that. And then Defenders, number one. Uh, so we're really hyped about these books and uh, can't wait to dive in. Before we do, I do want to let you guys know how you can support the show. Make sure that you guys are following us, leaving us a rating or review wherever you're listening. If that happens to be YouTube, subscribe for free, like the video, share it with your friends, and hit the notification bell. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Keep the comments coming. We really appreciate them. Uh, and, and actually, this week, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We want to make sure that this is not just a place where the four of us or however many of us come and talk, tell you what, what we think about the books. We want to give you some actual guidance as far as what you should be picking up in a given week and what we think you shouldn't be picking up. There's no other reason to do this so soon in the week, right? Like we want to make sure that you're getting actionable information. So with that in mind, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be giving you guys are the books that we think you should pick up the books that we think you should skip and the books that we think you might want to trade weight. Um, and then, of course, whatever book we think is really amazing, that's our pick of the week. Uh, so that's the book that we really think you should rush out to the store and make sure that you get. Uh, you don't want to let the week go by without missing this one. Without further ado, let's start talking about what was easily the most hyped book for me going into the week. What I thought about it, we'll get into. That's Batman 89, number one. Hell yeah. Which I actually picked up and I put in a sleeve like a look at you, <laughs> like a real collector to make sure oh. that it's safe. I didn't touch the pages. I picked it from the back of the Midtown Comics stack. Man, after my own heart. Uh, <laughs> With gloves sure on. Was, um, you know, I, I should have for COVID, honestly, but, you know, <laughs> try, trying to get that Delta. But I did not do that much. No. Well, you know what, Tyler? I've never described myself as a comic book collector, only a reader. And so things of that nature Better man than I. <laughs> don't matter to me. Uh, what does matter to me is Batman 89. This is written by Sam Hamm uh, with art by Joe Quinones, uh, Leonardo Ito on colors, and Clayton Cowles on letters. I don't. I think he's a slave. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that Clayton Cowles has gone outside in a long time. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. He's at Marvel, DC. I, I feel like I've seen him doing something image. Like, this dude's everywhere. Uh, Jerry Ordway uh, and Stephen Olive did a, a variant cover. There are some beautiful variant covers for this. Um, lots of awesome stuff associated with this book. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with what this is, this is basically like, what if we got Batman 3? Like by um, by um, why am I blanking? Jeez, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Uh, what if we got what was supposed to be the follow up? It ended up being Batman Forever, uh, which does feature. Sorry, go ahead, Tyler. My favorite Batman movie of all time. That's scary. Uh, <laughs> Batman Forever does feature Two Face, but not the Two Face that we were supposed to get. Billy D. Williams was supposed to play Two Face. In the uh, Tim Burton movies, he played Harvey Dent. 
And this is this feels like it maybe could have been the movie we ultimately should have gotten had things not gone awry. So starting from that perspective, I think the most important thing when it comes to this series is does it feel like it could fit in that universe? And so that's the question I want to start with. I'm going to start with this. and I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, I didn't feel like it felt like a Tim Burton comic uh, sequel in a way, because I don't think you can do Tim Burton comics, honestly, unless it's drawn by Tim Burton. That's a whole separate thing. But I think the the feel of a Tim Burton movie, um, A, it's very dependent on score. Um, and B, it's, it's, it's the way it's directed. I think this felt... Uh, I know it was the same guy who wrote the original Batman movie, Sam Hamm, um, which uh, I... Does it lend credibility to what it could have been? Sure. Um, but I felt that the story was a little pedestrian, honestly. Um, I thought it was uh, exactly what I expected to get when I heard there was a new Harvey Dent story coming on. It's every other Harvey Dent story. <laughs> um, I, I do like Quinones' art. I'm a big Quinones fan. Um, shout out Howard Duck. Uh but I thought like the, the actual issue itself, I mean, like I was excited for this, but like this didn't really do much for me outside of the art. And as a, a Tim Burton fan um, and a suckler for continuity, there is there's multiple Tim Burton references throughout the whole book. It's like, oh, there's like a girl that's dressed up like uh, like the. The, the the dead zombie teller and from Beetlejuice. Oh, there's somebody dressed up as the, um, there's two kids the, dressed up like um, Lock, Stock and Barrel from yeah, Nightmare yep. Before Christmas, which comes out in '93. So so it's like that's okay, where I was getting. I was like, well, did that come? Um, this is '89. Uh, well, it's uh, not '89 anymore, right? Because isn't I think the it's first movie take place 80... in '89? Uh no, I don't think so. I think the first movie takes place '80. Something. Oh, okay. I don't think it's even nine. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and it was nice seeing large Marge in the background, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just felt a little, almost like it's like a guy who doesn't write comic books, which I, I as far as I can tell, it, it is. Um, I thought it was fine. It was. It wasn't. It didn't really excite me or anything like that. But yeah. Uh, I've not seen. Batman 89. So oh. in terms of style. What? So you, you. You're going into this. What? Blind. Blind. Just blind and... You raw dog this issue, huh? Jeez. <laughs> That's insane. And, and so when I'm seeing Harvey Dent here, I'm like, man, that really looks like Lando Calrissian. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't know that that that's supposed to be Billy D. Williams until right now. I mean, I figured it out until like like I I, I googled it just like to to make sure because it looked exactly like him. Sure. How far um, into the issue did you realize maybe I should Google this? Uh, I was a few pages in. I was like, this, like, this has <laughs> to be Billy D. Williams. Really I think Barbara funny. Barbara Gordon is a uh, Winona Ryder as well. What? Yeah, I don't think that was ever confirmed, but I think that's a joke in Yonas fan casting. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, actually, I can see it. That makes sense that, as a Tim yeah. Burton movie around that time. It'd be perfect, yeah. <laughs> but but in terms of the it like feeling like a Burton movie, I feel like I can't really, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I think it works as a Gotham story, like aesthetically. I think Canones does 
uh, a really good job of sort of evoking that um, that industrial New York era feel with some of the the architecture and some of the ways that the buildings look and um, the the general action. I think just makes sense. It's a little um, slower paced. Batman looks stiff, which I think is emblematic of the actual uh, uh, movie itself. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I mean, move. yeah, uh, but I mean, otherwise, I thought this was this was a, I think a good issue just to introduce somebody to the world, um, to whatever they're they're laying down here. Um, if it's if it doesn't live up to you know the film, I think that's uh, a separate issue. But I think as a standalone issue to be like to say, hey, this is what's sort of going on. I think it it, it works. How about you, Pete? I would say I definitely fall more on uh, Marco's side of the fence. Like, I can definitely see some of uh, Tyler's criticisms in terms of it not necessarily, like, totally nailing the tone of, of those films in terms of, like, how I remember Gotham being portrayed in them, you know? Because it has admittedly been some time since I've watched them. Um, but I... I did enjoy the issue a lot. Um, I thought that the... Uh, I, I similarly was a big fan of uh, what Joe Canonez is doing on this issue. And, you know, when I think the Batmobile, like it is this, the Tim Burton 89 Batmobile, like I love that costume. Seeing those things was very nostalgic for me. Like I had a I had a Hot Wheel of that car that was like one of my favorite toys nice. as a kid, you know? So it's like seeing those things definitely got a pop out of me. Um, and I think... You know, I I dug some of the action. You know, like it. it I don't think that it is, um, you know, like a groundbreaking uh, issue of Batman necessarily. But it was one that I really enjoyed, and I, I found it to be fun. You know, the pace of it worked for me, um, and I I also definitely get the uh, the commentary of it being written by someone who doesn't necessarily write comics because it is kind of dialogue heavy, but. I didn't feel like that bogged the issue down because generally I thought the dialogue yeah. was, was pretty good. So I think that's the difference is that like a lot of times thick dialogue, heavy comics from people that don't write comics um, don't work for me because it feels like stiff or stilted or it feels like it's choking the art. And, you know, um, I don't feel like that's the case here. I don't feel like it's getting in the way of the art or its ability to tell a story. It just feels like there's a lot of room for conversations, I guess, you know, and it being the continuation of the films, which are obviously going to be a little bit wordier. Um, that didn't necessarily feel out of place for me either, you know? So I, I definitely enjoyed it. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to keeping up with the series for sure. You know what? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this was actually my my book of the week. Whoa, really? all right. Okay. Well, we're coming out hot on this one. Yeah, Damn, this that was not what I expected at all, honestly. Yeah, so I had very low expectations for this, for the actual book. I was excited by the idea, uh -huh. but generally I feel like these things just don't work out. You know, like Tyler pointed out, this is the writer of the movie. A lot of times those things just don't translate uh, for a million different reasons. But I actually felt like this one worked. I think, um, like, I was immediately dropped right back into that 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 time and space. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Joe Quinones is able to capture the the look and feel of what Tim Burton's Gotham was evoking, 
you know, it doesn't look exactly like it because no one can do what Tim Burton does, but I didn't feel disconnected from it because it wasn't Tim. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just like, okay, yeah, no, this is, this is where we're at. And I was able to lose myself in that. And that was pretty cool. It helped that um, there were some callbacks to the actual movies, like the Joker goons look very similar to some of the goons that, that they had in those, in that, in that movie. Um, There's actually a character here who I feel like is actually from the movie and one of the goons he's wearing like a it's this guy right here i don't know if you guys on youtube if you can see that this guy i'm holding up there's a there's a character in in joker's squad who looks like that huh. um and he's, he's about. Yeah. yeah he's joker's like main henchman guy i don't he know has if a name too he I, does. I know it it's in there somewhere i just don't remember it yeah if any one of us would remember it would absolutely be you um but <laughs> those things just helped me kind of connect to the world I was supposed to be in. I thought the voice of Harvey Dent was perfect for who was playing the character. It felt like Billy D Williams and that was so cool. Um and it the character went in different directions than I expected. To be frank, this felt like um in some aspects Harvey Dent from The Dark Knight there are actually like some exact same beats. He's trying to propose to Barbara. The Joker's goons interrupt that. It's the exact same thing. He ends up doing something really morally dubious with one of the goons involving a gun and his, his coin. All that stuff happened in the Dark Knight. But it didn't happen in this version of Batman. And so because of that, it felt fresh somehow. And... Now I'm excited to see these two go head to head. And what a twist. He wants to take on Batman, not join Batman. So that part I also really liked. For me, this book worked on every level. Tight. Um, let me fact, fact check myself real quick. Uh, Batman 89 was when the first Batman movie came out. So Pete, you were right. So this would um, be like 1990 something. Yeah, I don't know when Batman, Batman Returns came out. So I guess it would be sometime around that. Unless they all take place in one year, then that's a real fucked up year for Gotham. That would be insane. Um, yeah. Uh, it's Bob the Goon, first of all. Oh, okay. yeah. Yep. Bob the Goon. Bob the great, Goon. great character. Um, I think Bob. So, one of the things about like Tim Burton Batman movies for me, though, is like when I think of a Tim Burton Batman movie, I think of a like a like a studio set that you can't you can you see the same thing everywhere. It's like it's all a box that you can see the end of um they're not you know filmed on you know the streets of chicago like the dark knight was and like i guess maybe that's just maybe i'm i'm, I'm expecting too much but like you can't really re recreate that in a in a uh comic book i think the batman animated series might have spiritually expanded on the tim burton universe in a way sure and it's not a direct you know continuation of that but definitely influenced by um, it though you know of course oh for sure i mean style. i mean the elf the elfman score is the, the theme so um, and I think the Batmobile is the same. Am I right in that, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Um, I also had that same Hot Wheel as you. So Also, uh, Batman Returns was 1992. So this would be 1993. Oh, my birth year. Okay. Or at least maybe, you know, around that time. Um, hot take. Yeah. I think Batman Returns is better. You got all kinds of hot takes. I, I agree with that. <laughs> is it because of Catwoman? It's because of Penguin, actually. Oh, I mean, perfect Danny DeVito role. Yeah. True. Yeah. 
yeah. I mean, so I, I do like the um, the introduction of Robin in this. Um, we do get a Robin character. I don't know if it's Dick Grayson. We haven't got he hasn't been named in this book yet. Um, but I know that like I think in the in the buzz that it was Damon Wayne's that was supposed to be yes, Robin. It was. I was hoping you were gonna go. Yeah. There. So what? like I think I'm I'm interested in that. I mean, if you want to, if I want to be like honest, I'm gonna keep picking up this book. Here's what okay. I want it to sell so they can do a continuation of the Schumacher Batman verse. Stop. Because <laughs> wait, no, no, I'm gonna keep going. Because there is a the third movie was written and it starred Nicolas Cage as the scarecrow. So um, if I can get that. that in comic book form, I hate that so much. I will. I will take it. So I'm going I'm to feed this one so I can get what I want. <laughs> so, OK, so your recommendation to the audience is what? is to pull this book so I can get what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Selfish recommendation. My recommendation is to pull this book because it's good. <laughs> pull it for the Joe Quinones are Joe Quinones. Yes, that's um, what I'm pulling for. I would say pull any book Joe Quinones does. Also pick up uh, Dial H for Hero. It's an unsung um, gem of the last, I would say, the last five years. It's a fantastic book. He freaking kills it on that book. So this is his passion project. I know it's something he's wanted to do forever. Um, pull it for that reason. But also, I kind of want that Nicolas Cage Scarecrow. So let's help me out at the same time, you know. Happened. Uh, yeah, to me, I think if you're a fan of that time period, if you love that movie or those movies, uh, go out and pick this up. I think it's worth your time. I would rush to the store for this. Um, there were a lot of, of, of copies sold at Midtown. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's worth checking out. Uh, let's talk about Infinite Frontier number four of six. Uh, this is going to end soon, eventually. Um Joshua Williamson, of course, is writing the deal uh, with Paul Pelletier, Jesus Moreno, and Zermanico all doing the pencils. Uh, they've That's been pretty consistent throughout. Um, and then Norm Rappand, uh, Raul Fernandez, and Zermanico on inks, Hi-Fi on colors, Tom Napolitano on letters. That is the crew who worked on this issue. Um, yeah, this felt, this felt more uh straightforward i think maybe more like direction it had more direction than the last one yeah um it felt more focused like it felt more focused yeah i feel like all the stories actually have something to do with each other now it feels like it's coming together you know yeah it, fe it felt like a penultimate issue finally like like last last time we talked about this book i was like oh how the hell are they gonna pull this together for you know they have two issues left um this yeah. felt like oh, okay he managed to at least do that so yeah yeah i i was not as hot on on this one and i think it it started with the director bone stuff because uh i'm like not following his characterization he feels like uh, uh i'm forgetting his name from invincible but he's got questions Cecil. man huh cecil from invincible yeah he feels like he's like he he looks like he would be nefarious, but he's trying to come off as like some sort of a good guy. But I feel like time. he's not achieving anything. Is why, like, you know what I mean? And that's the other thing is like <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't say anything. He's like he introduced get introduced as one character. He's like that's extract. You don't have to worry about her, but like she understands what it's all about. She's and, here. Like, the, On the topic of director Bones, he gets shot and blood comes out. Like. <laughs> 
I that I was like I was like, does he have like is he a flesh and blood man from the neck down? Like, what's the deal? I don't get. Dude, I, the got, rules. I got stuck on that page for a while. I'm like, just blood in his bones. Like, what? I work? love that. I yeah. like how Director Bones is like the meme of this this Thursday show. <laughs> he sucks, dude. Like I I genuinely like Marco making the Cecil comparison is so apt because he's that character. Yeah, but, but it's if he weird. Was, but if he was totally ineffectual, if he achieved <laughs> nothing, had no plan, no goals, and got shot in the fucking leg by his own people, like he sucks. He's it was a fibula, actually. Yeah. But he's not. No. But he's not Doctor Bo- Director Bones, right? Because in in the following panel, he's transforming into somebody else. He looks like his... Psycho Pirate, right? I think no. I is think that that's the is? original Director Bones. Like he was like an old Batman villain who then turned into Director Bones, who was like some uh, mystical like Bone Man character. Yeah, yeah, something weird like that. Okay. Like Silver Age Batman villain, I believe. Okay. I, I I could be wrong on that. I don't know anything about that. But I do know <laughs> that prior to this specific series, I used to really mess with Director Bones. This dude seems so cool. And now I'm just like, man, you suck. Like, I just can't get behind him. He doesn't do anything. Uh, and he's just lame. Like, what is the point of mm-hmm. you? Uh, I, I like Bones. I- is- Bones is in Checkmate. I recommend that. that you yes. might like Bones in Checkmate. Yeah. So, I like what he what he wants to do. I, I do like what he wants to do. He wants to be the head of the spear as far as, okay, we can't trust superheroes. They're not being honest with us. Human beings have to take control over our destiny. And, you know, I'm going to lead that charge. That's cool. I'm into that. But he doesn't do anything. Like, what is his... What what's he gonna do when something bad happens? Nothing. He just got shot in the leg by his by his his subordinate. Yeah, Marco, I think you just beat or whoever just sent it just beat me to it. Yeah, that's that's what he used Wait, to look like. He was called Mister Bones. Mister Bones. Yeah, he was Mister yep. Bones, and he has like he just has like a spawn outfit. Like he just looks like he's Grim Reaper. He's Marvel's Grim Reaper. Oh also, like, God. isn't there like a Batman villain called like Doctor Death that was like the Batman manga villain as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Or Bat Manga is probably how they they marketed that one. Great, yo. And then all this stuff with like Roy Harper, I don't give a shit. Can he's? It's like whatever. Okay. Can I tell you how how I feel about this book? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's Good. stupid. It's dumb. I like it. It's uh, if you end a book with uh, a a heel turn and a villain showcasing this whole new villain team he's got. Fuck it, yeah, man. Uh, I'm that, that, that'll that'll sucker me into any book, especially like if it's that. like an injustice incarnate. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that, man. Also, I love that. M- Machine Head is Lex Luthor, right? Is that what you guys got out of it? Oh, see, I've always no. I've always taken him as like we he's supposed to be Tony Stark, but like. Yeah, he comes from like the Offenders, which is like a a, a Marvel analog yeah. team, one of the one of the Earths. Yeah. Um, but that that uh that team, yeah, I was into that. Lady Quark from Crisis on Infinite Earths is on it. Uh, Yellow Lantern Joker, the That's guy insane. from uh, yeah, the wild. guy from uh from Grant Morrison's uh action comics run, uh, Super Doom is in the background there. Uh, I love Superwoman. You gotta type. I can. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, 
Sean likes him scary. Uh, yeah, Big fan that... of the Goblin Goblin Queen too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you got to type. Yep, yep, that's tracks. I'm I'm into that, and like I'm into the. Okay, I didn't mean I'm into Goblin Queen. I meant I'm into. <laughs> I mean, you you did, but you didn't. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's not even get started. I'm into the Machine Head stuff or whatever. I'm into um, uh, Thomas Wayne's, you know, sadness. That's all fine. It's when we, whenever Roy Harper's on on the page, and whenever Director Bones, I just, I can't, I can't. I so can't. you're 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 checking out at uh, two out of the four uh, or the five main characters. This, yes, yeah, but so I, at least you're in the positive at that point. Actually, no, because, no, because I don't even like um, what's going on with Greenland. Yeah, I was gonna say we okay, haven't right, have like that then, either. Yeah, yeah okay, all right, well, please, fair. because like. That whole story has just been nothing. Like it's been okay. We, like we can't, we can't find the sister. We gotta find my daughter. Okay, Fair. and then yeah. now they're just frozen. Like they're literally just <laughs> captured somewhere, and it's just like <laughs> let's spend three pages for them to do nothing again. Basically, it was more. I feel like it's more of a vehicle to show how Jade and like Infinity Inc is is the real hero of this and to reintroduce them i don't know man I, I just feel like this is like a real throwback to like early 2000s dc and like yeah. that's that's why i like it like i think that's my outside of like i have a soft spot for like brand new new 52 dc but like a mid-2000s dc is my favorite dc so uh I'm a simple man. I, and like, I respect that. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I actively disliked the last issue. I didn't feel that negatively about this one. It just sure. like, yeah. I'm not, I'm kind of losing interest. You know, it, it hasn't done much to keep me engaged. For me, this is, this is, uh, my recommendation would be skip it. Yeah. Uh, really? I think okay. really yeah, one I, more I, issue to go. Really? Yeah. You know why? Two. Because it's some, uh, two, two to go. Yeah. Oh, it's six. Okay, that was fine. Yeah, because this is not look. In my opinion, there's almost zero chance that what's happening here is going to be essential to whatever Williamson's event is. Like this feels like preamble in a way that we don't need. And I'm gonna disagree on that okay. because every other big DC writer is going to Substack, so Joshua Williamson's gonna be the one to actually stay at DC. <laughs> He's the guy. He's definitely right. He's, he's the next, next guy. I it's think confirmed. he's definitely the next guy. Yeah. 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 But what I'm saying is that nothing that Dr. Bones or I, I always say Dr. Bones. Nothing. He hasn't got his doctorate yet. No, no. He's, he's Mr. <laughs> now he's director. Maybe doctor eventually. Nothing that director Bones has done or said is going to be relevant. Nothing that <laughs> is happening with Roy Harper is going to be relevant. Like you could tell what his whole story in two panels. Oh, shit. I'm back. And I'm a Black Lantern. What do I do? That's the story. That's his whole story. My daughter. Oh, yeah, that's a terrible story. panel. That's the story. Uh, I, I, I think I think, a Harper story. <laughs> I think the thing that is the most damning for me about this book, and again, because like I don't think this sucks. I just don't really think it's worth your time, like compared to other mm -hmm. things you could be pulling. Um, but the fact that I think that when we look back on this series. The thing that I will remember is how much we fucking memed Director Bones and how many times Sean brought up how much he hates the fucking ad page of Director Bones. Oh that is the thing that I think of when I think of this series is that dopey fucking ad. That And that's not 
good. I think he's got new questions this week, too. He's like the watcher. He's like the watcher of the DC universe. Wait, now. there's no questions in this book, though. Because he's in the book. He's I don't know. Book. I didn't, we got to look at another reading. DC book. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> he wasn't in Batman 89 either. I don't know. I think uh, they got the message. I, I, they got the questions. My message was more questions, so they didn't get my message. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I'm going to say that this is a trade, like to wait for the trade, because fair, it gives fair. you the opportunity, okay. if you're not interested, to be like, okay, maybe I don't need to read this. But if you want to consume it, it gives somebody the chance, like Tyler, to be like, okay, cool. Like, uh, let me let me get to this because I'm going to get something out of it. I'm actually going to agree with you on that one. Um, I think if you're not pulling this already, trade weight it. I think it's like a good, like, crisis adjacent book similar mm-hmm. to like identity crisis or something yeah, sure and much less problematic than identity crisis so <laughs> chances are pretty good that this will read better in a trade when yeah. the eventual event happens and you need you you're dying for something to to kind of whet your appetite this is not going to satisfy you if in that regard but it will get you ready for what will i assume be a much better series down the road. So sure. uh, let's jump into Spider-Man Spider Shadow number five. Uh, this is the conclusion of this this what if story, the return of what if to Marvel Comics. Uh, I wonder why that happened at this time. Uh, <laughs> Chip Zdarsky, Pasquale Ferry, Matt Hollingsworth, the usual crew um, did a great job. Uh, Joe Sabino on letters as well. Uh, that was the crew for the entire run. Not that it's a huge feat to finish five issues without a fill-in creator somewhere or another, but we are talking about the big two. Um, this ended in an interesting way. Didn't end how I thought it would. Yep. And I I, I think because of that, I'm I'm back in. Like oh. I when were you out? Not that I was out, but I, I remember the the thing that that you had said, right? The whole like okay, like Venom's going to take over and they're going to make a bunch of symbiotes. And like, I I was also frustrated by that direction because it felt very predictable. And it's like, I've I've seen this before. And the fact that it zagged at the end um, in a way that was like very unexpected, I was like, all right, never mind. Like, I, I take back any of that uh, apprehension or that. Because that. like, I, I feel like it, it not only handled doing the there's a bunch of symbiotes thing um, in a like pretty fun way. Like I, I dug the whole um, way that it was resolved with Johnny and the and the, you know, the hologram thing. Like I thought that was clever. And uh, to see the ending and then the like epilogue seemingly teasing a follow up like, yeah, I'm, I, I really I really dug this book. This book was fun. I think it ended in a pretty strong way. Um, the cliffhanger was definitely like, oh, this is, I can see that this is going to you know, continue on to whatever and is strong enough to, to be able to bring somebody in or it'll be like a new sort of fresh start if you want to jump in because you heard positive things about this, uh, this first, I guess, arc. Um, the one thing that kind of took me out was when I realized, and I'm trying to find it, but uh, there's a page where Venom uh venom fantastic is like we need you spider-man or like he needs him because he needs him to fully merge um but then i'm like but you have like mr fantastic plus you have all the avengers like what does it matter at this point like merge with these people and you'll become more powerful than whatever the fuck spider-man 
Um, it's personal though. That's the thing. Yeah, mm. and and I can I can definitely see why you would have that feeling because if you if you've read like those older Spider-Man stories, I'm not saying you haven't. I don't know, but in those books, it's very clear that uh, the symbiote is in love with Peter and, and they do mention it here. Yeah. So it's like a revenge. It's like a very revengey kind of thing. Like if no one else can have you, if I can't have you, no one else will have you. And I don't really want anyone else, but you, I'm doing this all to get your attention. Okay. Definitely look up the uh, Simbrock fandom to see how uh, Venom's uh, love affair um, uh, is, is pervasive in comics. Ooh. First thing that filled in after I put in Simbrock <laughs> fanfic. <laughs> There you go, Marco. You're welcome. You're welcome for the rest of the night. Marco comes back next week. You know what? Actually, Spider Shadow makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Actually, this was my book of my book of the week. Retroactively, book of the week. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I just I feel like this book devolved, and I thought that the concept was really interesting at first. But then it, it felt like it, you know, you, you say fanfic, it felt like it kind of became that. And I, it's a what if, so yeah, duh. Yeah. Um, sure. But uh, I just couldn't get into the, like, the Reed Venom, Thor Venom, this one, that one Venom. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get into that. I thought the script was really good, though, despite that. Like, even though I didn't care for what was happening, I liked how it was presented and how it, uh, was was worded and everything like that. I yeah. thought um, Chip did a great job with that stuff, and it looks great. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, and, and I think that's why, like, I just I got over that bit because, like, I agree with you that, like, I just I think that as a concept is kind of played out. But this arc being an excuse for Chip to set up a series where he can write Spider-Man fan fiction about, like what if spider-man was in the fantastic four in like the 80s i'm like yeah no but like i want that like i i like that i want to read that book um I, i've said since, since the beginning that like that's the thing that i think drew me in is i like the way that chip writes spider-man and i like his affinity for this era of spider-man because this is like my period that I, i'm the most emotionally attached to so like yeah like if he just wants to keep doing this like i'm i'm in that's cool I also feel like Peter should have gone to jail. Like this dude got away with literally, he got away with murder. John, he's, doing, is, he's doing that story in Daredevil right now. He doesn't need to do that again. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but like he, he iced a lot of people. The, the symbiote did. Right. He was under control. He was mm-hmm. beyond himself. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. <laughs> I don't know, though. It's funny because, like, I, I definitely get what you're saying, but I love that, like, they show the, um, they show, uh, <clears throat> you guys got to stop sending things to the chat. It messes up the video, okay? Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, I like that they show, like, Cap on, on trial being like, yeah, no, this is what happened. It was totally fucked up. And it's like, I, I love the idea of jury, of a jury being like, yeah, you know what? If Cap says it's true, that's good enough for me. <laughs> if Mr. America says it, I have to believe it. Typ- typical snitch. Like, yeah, Steve <laughs> Rogers. Like, so so for me, what like, this book was snitch? like marketed. You got Peter off from going to jail. No, so like, for me, like, this book was marketed as like a horror book, I feel like, uh, initially. Mm. Um, and for me, 
I was not interested in that idea. I've, I've, I've read the majority of this. I might have like speed read through the previous issue. Um, but it's not a book I want out of Spider-Man. I don't want a Spider-Man horror book. But then this kind of zags and it becomes like this feel good thing by the end of it. And also I'm like, yeah, I didn't want that either. Like <laughs> it's it's this weird tone in it. Um, a couple and also like in terms of like the art, I think the art is good. I think there are some interesting choices. Specifically, Mary Jane is uh, a redhead in one panel. Um, and it's only through like highlights. And also nice to see that Sue Storm is on her way to becoming a Jedi. Great, great for her. <laughs> she does. I'm the glad Padawan she's got the, the Padawan rat tail going on. What oh, and happened? a cat's tail just shows up. That's oh, great. Shit, that was random. Yeah. I was super confused. Like, did she rip her hair off? Like, no, that's a rat tail, dude. But like, she was like gripping at it, and then her hair was shorter. Am I crazy? Rat, like, rat tail, man. Look at that. She just rips at her hair, right? Oh. And then, am, <laughs> yeah, am I maybe. looking at that wrong? No, maybe you're right. Maybe she's ripping her ponytail out. It's not like a a, a mental thing, like tri- uh, not tryptophobic. Tryptoph- I mean, there's like a her husband's dead. Hey, Tyler, pull your, pull your hair out. Okay, all right. You got to cope certain ways. I yeah, get I get it. Um, you know, I wasn't really into this honestly. And like one of the other things that kind of bugged me was this these whole symbiote. Jeez, uh, I said symbiote. Man, the Venom movie really influenced me. Also, when you when you say Venom, I just hear Eminem now and like yeah, Venom. Yeah. But like the 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 symbiote. If you're gonna do like heroes as symbiotes, go all out. Like they were, they just had like evil face. Like I don't know, go like full Venomize. Make this so that Funko can have three more lines coming out. You know, like I don't know. I I was I. I would have dropped it. Honestly, this would be a drop for me. I mean, it's the last issue. So if you're dropping it at the last issue, I guess you pulled it all already. So I'll tell you what, I'm pulling number one of volume two. Actually, speaking of volume two, what if you guys could have a what if, what what would you, would you, what would you have at that point? Because this is like a line now, right? Like this isn't just, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so let's see. What if? What, what, what if, if Jean Grey was real? <laughs> yeah. I could get behind that. I feel like I want to save <laughs> I that. Bet. I want to save that for a random question of the week. Uh, feel free. Well, let's give feel the free listeners of this that. show to uh, a special okay, little right. sneak. Then it's time for the random question of the week. I thought I could avoid that on this show. Jesus, no, can't can't avoid it. It'll come for you. Okay. 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 A a road trip story. With Wolverine, Gene, and Scott. Okay. <laughs> that's just a sex book, that's dude. Not a what if. No, 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 no. It's not. It's, that's not what it, it's about. Their relationship and how they grow and how you know they're. It's not they're a what if. This up. is canon. You want a real. You want a real slow paced book there. <laughs> okay. Like um. <laughs> Tyler, you asked. Do you have an answer? Um. Let's see. What if Howard the Duck? Fuck. <laughs> you, don't what even, if, you don't even know where you're going with that. You just know no, it's going to be I'm, Howard. I'm, I'm, I'm building it. I'm building it. What if Howard the Duck led the Avengers? That's what I want. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Holy That's shit. That's quacktastic. Uh, oh, thank you, Marco. 
It's my favorite word. I'm waiting for Webster, Miriam Webster to kind of. What if Howard the Duck wielded the shield? <laughs> like, here's the thing though. Like, Howard the Duck's done a lot of stuff just out of gimmicks. I was going to say, like, what if Howard the Duck had the Phoenix Force? Happened already. What if Howard the Duck was Herald of Galactus? You know, that happened he too. He did it, yeah. So. Oh, but you know what? That'd be a perfect explanation for like it'd be Howard uh, the Duck becoming Captain America, just I like mean, uh, like true like American. Carter, true American. What if we? Uh, what if we did like um, you know? There's that whole the the you know the Thomas Wayne story that's been going on right um, in in uh, Infinite Frontier, and like what if we did that but with Aunt May, you know? And she becomes Spider-Man. She was Spider-Man? But she's still old as hell. Drawn by Frank Cho. <laughs> oh, oh, my no. God. I, oh, man. Miss Wheatcakes is her name. <laughs> there's a lot of What If Aunt May books, honestly. So that, that tracks. That's that works. A good, that's a good one. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of What If Aunt May fanfics, too. Uh, yeah, it might be on the same website Marco was just on, so... Keep digging, Marco. The hole only goes deeper. <laughs> Poor uh, choice of words. Yeah, Poor choice. Of words. <laughs> you guys are awful. <laughs> I I also now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like Howard the Duck would be better on the Defenders, but you know, he might have been on there. Honestly. It's too real. Uh, mine is what if the Phoenix Force went for Magneto instead? Ooh, oh, nice. I like that. That's a really good one. I, I like the that. Would probably end, but <laughs> I think the world would be better off, to be honest. But Magneto was right. Hashtag. I would love to see a world where Jean Grey is not, uh, you know, constantly burdened by that Phoenix stuff. But um, let's talk about the Defenders. All right. Let's talk Ooh. about Defenders number one. Uh, this is. I know a few of us were were hotly anticipating this one. Uh, Al Ewing uh, wrote the book. Um, we had, uh, shoot, where are the credits in this thing? Uh, Javier Rodriguez was on pencils, right? Javier Rodriguez did the pencils. Yes. And then, uh, okay, here we go. It's on the, it's on the stairs. Uh, Yeah. My book's sealed. I can't check. (laughs) You're so cool. Tyler. Do you want me to do it? (laughs) No, I got it. Okay. Uh, Alvaro Lopez did the inks. Uh, Javier Rodriguez also did the inks and then Joe Caramagna did the letters. Um, so the defenders is interesting because the defenders is not really like a specific group of people. It's just like whoever's around and gets, you know, roped into whatever crazy stuff is going on. uh, They just kind of say, all right, let's just, let's just team up. And then someone says defenders and now they're the defenders. Uh, And this was kind of that. I actually felt like it took a long time to explain stuff here. Uh, There was like a lot of explaining going on. And um, I just didn't really, I never, I never really got into it. Like by the time I was kind of like, okay, this is going somewhere. The book ended. Man, this was my pick of the week. I was going to say, yeah, I want to come out hot and say this was my pick of the week too. A lot of fun with this book. You guys didn't pick of the week anything else. It's got to be this one. I, I um, thought me, that me, like, me too, guys. Me, me too. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. So. I, I thought that the, uh, the story was slow pace, but only because we were ramping up to like the reveal of the team, mm-hmm. which I think was done was paced out pretty well. Um, and then everything along with like the art uh, and the colors just like popped. Um, there's a page, what is this page? Uh, I guess seven or eight 
um, where you see Stephen Strange drinking his tea, but oh like, the the God. smoke clouds are like all the individual panels, um, all the individual beats of the moment, and then that gets reflected in um, the masked raider when he's like re- recanting his story about everything where like the pages then drop back off onto him and what he was talking about. Uh, I just thought this was like a really well executed book. Um, it, it got me from the, from the get go. And by the end I was like, Oh damn, I want more. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way. Um, I, I, I definitely see what Sean's saying in terms of it being kind of a slow burn. Um, it definitely takes a little bit to, to get moving and kind of, establish what's going on and what the stakes are um but i think that for me anyway like what um what javier rodriguez is doing with the art is just so fucking exceptional that like even the like dense expositiony parts of the book are so visually interesting that i was like yeah whatever fine like give me give me that give me the background so that i give a shit about what's going on later that's fine like that page that you called out, Marco, I think is is probably the page that I'd call out. But mm-hmm. like literally, their whole conversation is really well presented. The whole thing with the mass raider going and like uh, shooting the magic book, like that's a gr- those few pages are great. Like I don't know, I I think like I was just so struck by the art style and the colors, and that it has this like modern but retro feel to it um i yeah i really responded to it and i i I don't know i I was expecting to maybe not be as high on it um but i it was a really pleasant surprise how much i found myself getting engaged with it i i totally forgot who was writing it and then by the end i'm like damn that was good and it was like oh shit that's al ewing like all right when when he's like on he's he's on and and i i definitely felt that yeah. Um, are you guys from? Uh, have you guys read any of Javier Rodriguez's previous stuff? I don't think uh, I, have. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I have, but I can't remember where. I think like his his big ones would be uh, History of the Marvel Universe, which was last year with Mark Wade. Um, fantastic. That's literally like an encyclopedia of the Marvel Universe chronologically. It's like five issues or something like that. It's just a treat. Um, he did uh, Mark Wade's Daredevil, and also okay. Spider Woman yeah. as well. Um, I'm a huge Javier Rodriguez fan. Um, I, I, li- I love Al Ewing's work. You can put, you, you can say, I don't know, my, my cat wrote this book. As long as Javier Rodriguez was on it, I would be reading this book. Like every page is like this maze of art. And, and like, it just works with like a Dr. Strange focused book. Um, and then also like Al Ewing's writing in any book, really, it's a little out there. It's a little... It, it, it really intertwines with the, the Marvel universe, like history and, and some deep uh, storylines that I think most people have forgotten. Um, and he brings those back like this cloud character. I've never heard of that cloud character. Apparently it was a thing though. So Al Ewing did his, <laughs> his due diligence there and figured that out. Um, the whole history of like the masked Raider coming from Marvel comics, number one, and like the lineage of that character. And that there's this mystery going on as to who he is. I'm into it. Um, bringing in one of the characters from his Immortal Hulk run with uh, Betty Ross into it. Uh, yeah, this is just uh, so fun. Um, I, I, I will. I will. I'm not going to say I knock it, but it is a team gathering issue. Mm-hmm. 
like the entire issue is that, um, which normally I have issues with, um, because I kind of want a little bit of a pull toward to get me to the second issue. Like, oh, knowing who the team is is usually not enough, um, especially since they're on the cover. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we also like don't know really two of the members too well, so there is that. Um, but I think it did a good job. You know, like the the whole tarot card kind of gimmick that was like weaved into this to to bring those characters in. The fact that the defenders are not really a team as much as a whole bunch of characters that are just summoned together through magic is fun because it, it inst- yeah it instantly makes it contentious like dude i was just chilling in like uh the cosmos and like the silver surfer gets pulled over um like betty ross just got pulled out of immortal hulk like she left the book in like the last issue so uh it, it's cool That's to see cool. all that kind of intertwine yeah like in the last issue of mortal hulk like it makes it look like she flies out of a window but like she literally like hulk turns around and she's gone and they don't really talk about it so also written by al ewing too so it's definitely some some planning there yeah i'm into this man this is um this is like what i like about marvel comics just this this whole kirby-esque space journey you know that we're getting so yeah i'm into it this was a visual feast. Uh, yeah. And I would yeah. say pull it for that alone. Like if you just like cool, crazy, ridiculous art, especially if you're a fan of Kirby, I think that's a good call out, Tyler. Um, you know, for that, you absolutely pull this. Uh, I did feel like it was dense and I, um, I, I don't, I'm not even really sure what happened to be frank, uh, but um the visuals were definitely worth the price of admission. So I would say pull it. Cool. And then for these guys, of course, it was their pick of the week. Yeah. Um, so that does it for our conversation about this week's books. But we did want to clue you guys in on as far as what books we're going to be reading next week. Give you guys a little bit of a hint as far as what we're, what we're looking at pulling for next week. And some of the books we're just looking forward to in general. So um I will start, and I think I'm sure someone else will will definitely piggyback off of this. Uh, I'm we're we're going to be reviewing, and I am most looking forward to Trial of Magneto number one. Definitely, uh, this yep. is by Leah Williams with art by Lucas Warnick. This is the next stage of the Hickman era um, X Men stuff, and I think a lot of what Inferno was going to be we will learn from this. So uh, we'll be reviewing it. I'm super excited for it. You have to be reading this book. Uh, a little bit different. Um, I picked Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal. Uh, I've talked about this book in the past. Uh, this is Garth Ennis, Gordon, Goran Suzuka. This is just fun, goofy-ass shit. Uh, Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal, ready to go around and steal shit from different times and she gets in trouble for it hilarity ensues that's it like it's awesome fun uh, marco i'd recommend uh, garth ennis's uh dick dastardly comic no way uh, dick, dick dastardly and mutley it's it's like fun what? rompy yeah it's like fun rompy uh uh garth ennis like it, it's it's wild all right i'm picking that up it's like set in the real world but like not really it's what? it's weird 
it was during that whole like Hanna Barbera DC crossover thing. thing. Yeah, like Flintstones came about, and like Flintstones might be my favorite book of the past decade. Um, so there's there's stuff there. That's a good Garth Ennis pull. Um, for me, I am excited for Trial of Magneto, but I got I gotta say Moon Knight number two. I love, I love I love the I almost said the Moon Boy, but like that's literally a different Marvel character. <laughs> the um, Moon Boy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for Moon Knight. Um, it, uh, it's it's just a, a really mentally um, not all there dude that's trying to do his best, but I'm excited to see where this creative team uh, brings it. So yeah, I'm excited to see if you will wear the same Moon Knight shirt. <laughs> I got a different one ready. <laughs> All right. Very of good. course you do. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely uh, Trial of Magneto. That's the book I'm most excited for by by a wide margin. So, I'm, I'm yeah. surprised it wouldn't be Radiant Black, Pete. Well, that's not on this show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is in uh, our image it? reviews, Marco. Those go up on Wednesday. There is a new King of the Conqueror number one coming out next week too, so yeah. there are a little, little corporate synergy going on. So you can you can probably expect us to review Kang number one, uh, Trial of Magneto one is a sure thing, uh, and then depending on how we feel, we might even do Way of X number five. We'll see how it goes. We might even get crazy. Uh, we might we might do what else? I don't know. Who knows? You got to tune in <laughs> next week to find out what we're going to be talking about. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you want us to pull. If there's a book that you are excited about that is coming out and you wanted, you want us to add it to our pull list, we will review it here for you guys on the show. In addition to all the other books that we plan on speaking about, uh, make sure that you like the video. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. All those things are free to do and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Follow us on whatever platform you're listening to this too. Uh, and leave us a rating and a review. Um, make sure you listen to our main show, The Comics Pals, drops every single Monday. If you enjoy our conversation here, chances are you will enjoy us over there as well. Uh, and if you want to hear our thoughts on images books, that's every single Wednesday. So thank you for listening. We will see you guys next week. Until then, take care. See you next week. Bye, guys. See Bye. You.